Okay, this is uh, our first live one. And we're just talking about anything that makes us mad, anything that's interesting, and that's it. And the first thing we're going to talk about is morality in secularism. And is it even possible? Well, there's this article I recently read about this right-wing... Uh, this right-wing uh, website was talking about how India has this immoral trend and they focused on how these kids were raping other kids and videotaping it and then threatening to put it on the internet and it's happened more than once. And then it goes on to say that no nation has ever survived the invasion of immorality, debauchery, and promiscuity. So my question is, do you agree with that? And if so, what nation has never fallen, period? So how can you blame that on anything? It could be anything that, that, that made it fall. So isn't the rule that what goes up must fall, uh, fall down, mm -hmm. you know, apply to pretty much everything? So how can you blame it on one thing? So does the article yeah. have any legitimacy? It doesn't make, it sounds like a, like a bad argument to me. What do you guys think? Well, I'm from New Zealand, and, and my country is pretty pretty secular, and it's pretty considered to be pretty safe. But we still have um, recently we got like this gay guy got beat up in in the city when he was clubbing for no apparent reason and sent to hospital and all that. But we still have uh, gay parades and try and get the the word out that it's not a bad thing. So I think that even in a society where it's, it's acceptable to be gay, you still have these sort of problems coming. Hmm. Yeah, and I mean, and there's no place that's perfect. I mean, nuns and priests, as as, mor as high in morality as their communities seem, you know, you go in there and you still find problems, whether they're abusing kids or they're, there's um, a bunch of uh, secret lying, lying going on. I mean, Religious sects fall all the time, and and it, they may seem perfect all the, uh, to the outsiders, like Amish or the, even the fundamentalist Mormons, on some level. But then when people start leaving them, they start telling stories of abuse and stuff like that. Like um, no matter how much morality a society seems to have, uh, uh, there's an awful lot of details that are hidden. And, um, well, look at the National Atheist Party. They can only currently seem to agree on uh, one thing, and that's their belief. So if all of society, you know, now that's assuming that the whole, all of society is, uh, that is, is, that is uh, secular, is in fact atheist, but there's a lot of people that are secular that are very religious, and they understand the importance of that because you... Uh, it protects your rights, you know. What if uh, the majority uh, pol of politicians were all of a sudden uh, a Muslim, and you're a Christian? You know, that's where secularism would be in your yeah. favor. That's a good point. Should it be noted that secularism is strictly just the separation of religious influence from politics? I think some people. Um, misunderstand the term secularism and think that it also means atheism. If it's a secular country, then they have to be atheist or yes. that sort of thing. Yes. Hmm. So it, it really means separation of church and state, basically. Hmm. And isn't the U.S. the only country that has a constitution with secularism in it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and that, that's what's really funny because we're like the country that is like extremely Judeo-Christian, supposedly. But there are other countries don't like Norway? I think just not officially. I mean, m my country is supposedly a Christian nation, New Zealand, and we've got something like 50% secular, mm -hmm. and nobody considers us to be a Christian, a Christian nation anymore at all. It's just, I think legally, America is the only one to put it in the Constitution. I think Norway got rid of the whole state church thing recently. Well, and some countries have 
a technical separation of church and state, but um, they still espouse one religion and create laws to uh, prevent other religions from from ga gaining dominance. So they act like they're secular, but really they're just trying to maintain a one religion state. Hmm. So that's seen that as sort of France and Germany, they sort of resemble that. Yeah. Um, so. Let's move on quickly to this other article. Is just crazy. Um, South Africa, which is actually like the only country in Africa that allows same-sex marriage, there's this transgendered woman who was murdered. Now, the murder isn't what's disgusting. It's the fact that the way that they were murdered was heinous. And the, the, after, the aftermath, the way that the police labeled it, um, Basically, the transgendered woman met these two guys at this bar or club or something, somewhere. I don't know where. And uh, they followed her back home. Um, they, were, they had gotten into an argument about uh, her sexuality. They got back to her uh, hotel. They broke down the door and then slit her throat so bad that it almost decapitated her. And then um, cut off the tongue of her and uh, ripped off, uh, cut off the genitals and put it in her mouth. And the police, oh. hold on, and the police there aren't labeling it a uh, hate crime. Like, <laughs> they don't know what to do with that. Well, there is a lot of crime that goes on in South Africa. I mean, I've heard, especially places like Johannesburg and Cape Town are incredibly bad for crime. They have, on highways, they have signs that say, don't stop, this is a carjacking area. Wow. Like, you have to keep moving. It's really bad there. So but they, they have an organized system of governor, government and criminal justice, so... But, I mean, I, I, they, they may allow the marriage thing, but there's a difference between how those running for, I mean, we see this in this country, in the United States alone, between what the representatives think and feel versus what the citizens think and feel. Yeah. Um, however, a few actions, actions by a few, are they something that we can make assumptions about the whole of, that, of South African society? Um, but in the end, I mean, what is labeled a hate crime in that country? You have to, it's very subjective. Yeah. Hmm. You know, I was just fascinated that something that vicious could happen, and it wasn't on any type of news except this. The only way I could find that was from, like, a Google alert. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can decide to look for in the news or not, because, for instance, uh, I don't recollect the country. But there was some, uh, another African country where women were being tied to a wheel and then systematically raped. They would turn the wheel and rape a, a woman and turn the wheel and rape a woman and turn the wheel and rape a woman. Now, did anybody see that on the news? What's the point of turning the wheel? You just go from woman to woman. It's easy access. And it's really about power and domination and control. Disgusting. But the point is, is that we don't hear and see about everything in the news. The fact that you heard about this incident speaks volumes. Yeah. So it's very true. I I just think yeah, but you have to look at see what they define as a hate crime, and you know do they look at gender and sexuality the same way we do in the U.S. Yeah. Well, look at the internet right now. The reason I'm able to get that even here uh, is amazing. But they're trying to fight that. A lot of uh, a lot of governments are trying to fight that. Right now we have uh, we have the internet where it's like everywhere. Right. Except for like, you know, this, you know, China and like Saudi Arabia and North countries Korea. like that. They've they've been controlling that area from the beginning. But now we have the area that every 
where it was free everywhere, now they're trying to say, okay, this is a section, this is a section, this is a section, this is a section. And I think that that is kind of uh, going the wrong way. I don't, I don't really see how that's... I mean, that's giving them yeah, more power, but for the people, I don't really understand how that's enabling them at all, giving them any type of power. You're talking about CISPA and SOPA and yeah. all those laws? Yeah, those types of laws, trying to control these different yeah. areas and separate. And the problem, yeah, and the problem with the problem when you have to uh, monitor and censor is that you have to you have to basically monitor everybody. You have to monitor everything, and I don't know. That's just I and mean, that's just the kind of world we live in. I guess we should just accept it, right? <laughs> Yeah, we get the two-strike thing over here, or the three-strike thing, where if you download three times, you get your ISP cuts your internet off completely. What? It's a pretty download, like, software that's illegal? or Torrent. What? Yeah, like, torrent software. Peer-to-peer. -peer. Wow. Here we can download torrents just fine. Yeah, in India, they're allowed to um, un pretty much unlimitedly download whatever they want. Even torrents. So... It's so New it's Zealand monitored by the government because here it's monitored by Kia, you know, the, the company that you get your internet from. I yeah, mean, I think it's monitored by them. It. It's monitored by them as over here as well, I think, but it was put in place by the government. Are there back bypass programs for your blockers? Yeah, there's there's always Tor and that sort of thing where you block your IP or go through proxies, etc. Wow, that's wild. I thought New Zealand was like super liberal. <laughs> why why are they like Is that a law that they passed? Obviously uh yeah. So and it's it, the, the main problem with it though is that it's if somebody in a company, an employee is downloading, then the ISP will shut the company's internet down if he gets caught three times or something like that. So it has big implications for um that sort of scale, like causing a lot oh, of people wow. a lot of trouble. That's why at my university they have the all these rules in place for downloading, because it can be a fine for them that's really high. Mm. Um, and another opposition to it was that the people who are doing the downloading are smart enough to just put a proxy on it. So it's the people who aren't downloading a lot who are the ones who are going to get caught, like the person who downloads oh. songs every every now and then and all that. So it was a big issue last year or something like that. Huh. So, hurt the little guy again. <laughs> it, it's the same thing with the guns. It's always the person who's legally following the laws who's getting screwed with the gun issue because the person who's going to break the law is going to get the gun anyway. Yeah. Wow, that's fascinating. Same thing with drugs. Anyway. So, here's the next one. You know Bill O'Reilly? and Z Joe? Oh, no. Oh, he's a <laughs> he's an extreme right winger over here in America. Was that a sarcastic no? Yes, I know who Bill O'Reilly is. <laughs> okay, okay. Tide goes in, tide goes out. Okay, so <laughs> sun goes up. Okay, he he is all for banning. Or wait, he's he's against banning the stop and frisk. Um, in, in New York City because they're talking about like banning it all. I don't know if you've been following that. Are you aware of like what stop and frisk is for and all that? Well, I'll just, re I'll just read, I'll just read uh, it. Vaguely, but you should update, yeah. But this one really got me pumped up. This is like one of the biggest stories of the last week that got me pumped up. Um, according to Bill O'Reilly, since the New York City mayor is trying to ban stop and frisk, the crime will go up. That's what Bill O'Reilly says. The, but the intention of a stop and frisk is to protect the police in case the person who looks like they may commit a crime, That's a, you have to have that there before you can stop and frisk them. But the point is they want to just find out if they have a weapon. That's it. If they don't have a weapon, you back off and business is normal. But the whole point is for a weapon. But if they do find other stuff like drugs or other stuff, they can take it out and, and, and arrest them for that. So they totally bypass um, their rights. And it's kind of, it's kind of being abused. Bill O'Reilly's in for it, though. 
um, but it's not intended to, to be used uh, to bypass the Fourth Amendment uh, to look for these other things, which you normally have due process before the police can invade you like that. Right. But that's exactly you know what Bill wants. Um, but here's his argument f to support it. He says that the ban will increase crime because the majority of stop and pr stop and frisks have resulted in so many marijuana fines, which result in jail time. Doesn't that also depend on the state? Uh, um, if they get jail time for the marijuana, because if they're carrying yep. a small amount, yep. um, like in yeah. like in Rhode Island, they recently passed it where if it's like under an ounce, then you only get a hundred and fifty dollar fine. Before it was See, that, like that's not so bad. I, I kind of agree with that. That we have that in my country, where if you're carrying if you're carrying enough for just yourself, then they leave you alone over here. If you're carrying enough where they think that you're going to sell it, then that's when they start saying, "Okay, you're dealing." It's this is a little bit more serious. Mm. But, I so mean, the putting people in prison is just going to add more to the taxpayers. What? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy yes, because it's adding a, an, 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 a harmless burden to the system. Yeah, but it, it, gets, it gets better. He says that getting these apparent thugs off the streets is the key so that they can't move on to bigger crimes. So The old arguments. So is it, so is it fair to say that he means get them off the streets by any means possible? Like... <laughs> We've already know we already know they're thugs. Let's just go to their house and find a way to throw them in. Um, he ignores that the majority of those frisks are minorities. Um, even if he was right in his flawed hypothesis, using the stop and frisk to randomly search citizens for non-weapons is unconstitutional. Yet he's all for it. Um, what happened to limited government, which he always talks about? Uh, staying out of our business. You know, maybe that only applies to him. Um, I, d I, I dispute that marijuana is linked to more crime as well. I don't understand where he's getting that that fact from. I don't I don't know where that study is. I've never seen it. Mm. You know, he makes that claim without any peer-reviewed data. Well, it's a common stereotype that marijuana or any light drug like that is a gateway drug, which doesn't make any sense. I mean, I know offhand quite a number of people who have done weed over the years, and not one of them has ever gone beyond that. Yeah. I don't know. I would say that it could be in some cases a gateway drug. I mean, I know people who smoke marijuana, but is it because they had that drug that they went over to other drugs or not? You can't draw a correlation. No. Just because alcohol. you know. You could say alcohol leads to more crime. How are they any different? Definitely, it does. <laughs> I'd say so. Well, I've but never seen somebody on weed. You know. You go to the store and you go buy Cheetos and then go sit on the couch and watch Jerry Springer. <laughs> I I don't know from very experience, but I it's from what I heard. But like when you're when you're drunk, you just go out and you. You do crazy stuff. You get in fights. You get aggressive. Aggressive is the big one. I think one of the main problems is when people operate machinery or drive cars when they're under the influence of any drug, whether it be alcohol, ecstasy, marijuana, in or America, something that impairs it, impairs your um, yeah. functionality. Yeah, in America, um, they law enforcement agencies everywhere are calling it an epidemic. Prosecuting attorneys are all saying we gotta hammer them hard. That's the latest trend. We gotta hammer them hard. That's the only way that we're gonna get across to them that this is a big problem and you should not do it. So they're giving people that kill other people like second degree murder type charges. But that's crazy. What does it have to do with? Okay, going back to the original this point. I mean, risking people. First of all, you're dealing with profiling issues. Yeah, it is profiling. <laughs> it's we can suddenly decide that everybody in a suit that looks like um, you know, what's his face we're talking about um, that looks like him, we're going to suddenly pull over because we think he might be uh, carrying something. I mean, he was, a lot of yeah. this is coming from the fact that he's a white male and he has money. Yeah, the profiling thing is 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 really hard. 
a really hard factor to avoid. I mean, because we are pattern-seeking animals. I mean, we, if you see someone with drugs on them that's wearing a beanie, and then you see someone that's wearing drugs on them who's wearing a beanie again, and this happens for a few weeks, then the next time you see someone with a beanie, it's human to assume that he may have drugs on him. And so it's a huge problem. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Okay, go ahead. I know plenty of uh, people who are white-collar employees who dress pretty preppy, who smoke weed, and they get away with it for decades, all because of what they look like. Yeah, that's how it always works. They assume, same thing with the, uh, the drug tests for um, people on welfare. That's the latest trend in the states here. They want to yeah. It, does, it doesn't make any sense because the people that are recipients of um, all of our taxes like that, they make up for a very small amount of actually um, everything that our taxes are going to. And it actually it, it barely makes out as far as uh, saving any money. And there's no studies that show that that's actually something that works. only thing that I know is that it, it, it shows how we are uh, labeling people. Why don't they, you know, test me for drugs? I, I use uh, government benefits. I go to the VA. I am a prior service Marine. Why don't they test me before I can use the VA services? Why don't they test uh, people before you can have the police come to your house because you got broken into? That's another service. Why do they unfairly target it, target people that you know ex are on welfare? To me, that is a red flag. That's all. Well, I mean, you know, this whole search and search thing. I don't understand how they think that they can go search someone for a gun and then if they find something else that's illegal that they can get away with. I mean, to me, if you're looking, it's all about intentions. If you're tending to find one thing and you find another, um, doesn't that violate the, the original warrant? That I mean, if you do it, search for a house, isn't it illegal to take evidence for another crime? And, per, and charge him with something when it's not for the original crime? You see what I'm saying? Kind of. I see what you're saying. It's, it's I'm not sure, though. Well, okay, so you, you, you got a warrant to go search a house um, for uh, potential murder weapon, and you walk in and you find a bunch of drugs. Are you allowed to take the, uh, the drugs as evidence and charge him not only with murder, assuming you found a uh, weapon, but also charge them for drug possession. I didn't think that was legal. Because you would have to have a separate warrant for the drugs. Maybe I guess I just don't know. I'm just not sure about the laws. I can't really comment on that. Yeah. I'm not but sure either. Well, it, it could lead into a bigger question, you know, the general question. Yeah. Even if it were legal, is that moral? Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of shit that happens. You'd be surprised. Peep, you, <laughs> there's all kinds of these loopholes that they, um, you know, cops can do stuff wrong, and uh, yeah. as long as they had good intention, uh, they, they executed their duty in good faith, then they're okay. If, if the problem is... Like, the, there's all these laws that are to, their purpose is to deter police, um, you know, doing the wrong thing. But if they had good intention, that's, that's wonderful. So, for example, you live at uh, 412 Johnson Street, 412, your neighbor next door at 410 is uh, a very well-known uh, drug dealer. There's a warrant for his uh, for his uh, arrest, so and to search his place at the same time. Well, somebody at the courthouse puts in your place, and then police come through your house. You have three dogs, like I do, 
uh, two dogs. They come into your house. They got a SWAT team. They bust the door down. It's a no-knock, by the way. They come through, and you're like, "What the fuck?" You know, you. I didn't mean to swear, but they you, they come in, they bust in, they shoot your dog. They're like, "Oh, boom, boom, boom!" They kill both your dogs, which are like family members to people. And guess what? It's totally legal. If they come into your house and they execute the search warrant and they find drugs, there's precedence that says that that's admissible in court. You're going to go to court. And you'll be charged with, with these drugs or charged with whatever they find. They might find, who knows if they'll find a circus or <laughs> who knows. But whatever they find, it's going into court. Isn't that crazy? There's so many cases like that. Is, in Indiana, though, is it a solution that you have the legally you're allowed to shoot the cops if they do that? They just passed that, yes. Uh, but that's a bad idea because cops are just going to show up with more force now. The chances of you being able to outgun them is kind of stupid. You're not going to be able to. You might what, put a trap door up, put a put a storm, put put a, an armor <laughs> door in front of your place. Some people do that. Well, the um, chances that they shoot their own dog in the process. I mean, that, that's with people who don't have any practice shooting. That's the worst part of it all. <laughs> the whole no-knock thing, you know, people, police coming in, shooting your dog. Here's what I would do if, if I had a no-knock at my door and I had a gun here and everything. Um, I would go grab everybody, go to a corner, a safe area, and then they would come in and I would say, my name is so-and-so, and I am armed and dangerous, and there are women and children here, and I intend to defend myself. I don't know who you are. And I would get 911 on the, on the line. Okay? But see, the problem is that you have the privilege of being aware of all this and actually thinking ahead. I'm imagining that some of these houses that are being broken into, they're not aware of all of these different rules and limitations. That's true. That's true. A lot of people aren't aware. They don't. And then it wants to thought ahead, ahead, like you're thinking ahead right now. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of miscommunication that leads to uh, death that doesn't need to happen. See, I read something recently. I, I'm gonna try to find it and send it to you, but it was an article, uh, an opinion, if you will, about how judges should start. We need a justice system that's based on the case in hand and the people involved. So it is not based on necessarily on just precedents or whatever the law is staying at the mo stating at the moment. It's based on what is the judge's interpretation at the moment. And I know that there's a whole slew of arguments that could be thrown at that opinion. But say, for example, that happens. The cops bring it, break into the wrong house and find the drugs. You could have a judge say, you know what? That's not what you went in there for. Therefore, if you still want to bring charges, you're going to have to come up with a new way of finding evidence. Um, in the instance where somebody gets killed, um, in the uh, break-in that uh, was in the wrong house, instead of the cops getting away on, oh, it was a error on the job, so to speak, um, the judge would be able to say, you know, Regardless of what the law states, you did something wrong, there's the handcuffs. And it would especially be useful in family court because there's a lot of extenuating circumstances for why kids do something or do something or don't do something. Then the, this main argument has been, that been put forth, not in the family courts, only in the family court setting, but also in the setting where kids get life. Teenagers are getting life. And if the teenager seems like they might be able to be undergo rehabilitation, then a judge would be able to give them leeway and say, okay, you get 20 years of an ed education versus life in prison. Don't even give me started on that. I know. The problem is that <laughs> the law doesn't allow for that kind of subjective ruling. Well, the so problem, the, the, well, first of all, Joe, you had no... Yeah, I'll see you guys. Thanks All for the right. talk.
Yeah, thanks for being here. See you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Okay, so <laughs> I just did a huge study on this. Um, it all started with, like the Columbine shooting and like sensationalism and uh, nobody has any tolerance for you know middle class white kid killing people, so they're going to they're going to prison. Mm -hmm. um, and then the public demands tough legislation. The representatives they feel in, like they need to do something huge about it, so they pass all this legislation. And then there's what two thousand twenty two hundred kids or young adults serving time in prison right now for crimes that they committed when they were teens. Right now. Wow. Yeah, like they're not, they can't, they can't vote, but they can be held accountable as adults, but they can't be held accountable as like their intellect is able to decide who's a good uh, candidate for president or, you know, city council or whatever. So right there, that doesn't make any sense to me, but that's the system we live in. Yeah. But really... It's uh, not that bad considering what other countries are dealing with. Oh, oh, I know. I know. oh my goodness, China's a disaster. Even the kids who do get prison in life, life in prison, okay, just have one beer, seriously, uh, do get life in prison. <laughs> um, they, ha they definitely have, I'm sure, a better experience than someone who gets hard labor for life. So. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, going back to the original thing with O'Reilly, you know, approving of this, like, it's, it, I, it really comes down to is he can say anything he wants because he's not in a position of, he's not risking anything himself. It sells. Um, what he says sells. That's why he says it. <laughs> right. But, I mean, even if he believes it, you know, it doesn't affect him, so he doesn't really care. If he cared enough, if he, for some reason, walked around like, uh, you know, with a beanie and looked like he fit the part, and he, you cannot enforce a fashion code on yeah. people just because they might be, you might be afraid to fit a profile. You know, yeah. and and this whole idea of walking around frisking people, I don't like it at all. I, I sure wouldn't want to be part of that. It's it's okay and it's acceptable as long as they're you know looking for weapons because the officer should uh, take any type of threat and neutralize it. But they're using this to find stuff that it really isn't an immediate threat to them. That's a big problem and it should be addressed. It should be talked about. But, I mean, I do they have to prove that they found the person to be a threat in some way? You know, they'd be beyond the fashion code. <laughs> um, no, they don't. No, I don't think they do. Because I could, you Depends know, I could become a police officer and start searching people just because I felt like I didn't like oh, the yeah. way they looked. Yeah, I, I don't know the details of the Metro Cops and things like that, which this type of stuff tends to kind of be out of control it, but um, I th I don't think that they um, do a really good job of the checks and balances there. I think that they kind of just are burnt out. They're overworked and they have a huge job to do and they're just doing the best they can and trying to just reduce crime and do the right thing. And in the meantime, people's rights get stepped on. They just That's just how it is right now. I don't know if it can be any better. I mean, be, if you're overworked like that and you're just trying to deal with this huge workload and your supervisors are overburdened and dealing with all these allegations of... And you have this law that says you're supposed to do better but you don't have the manpower to do better. I mean, what do you do? Well, is crime that bad that they need to start enacting well, it's not martial that bad. law? No, it's not that bad. That's, that's the funny thing. I think last year they, the FBI study that recently came out said that they um, 
the cr uh, physical or like violent crime has actually gone up in like big cities, but in every other place, crime has been down across the board. So and, and, and the other question I ask too is like, is this really the remedy? If people are going to be walking around with weapons, possibly with the intent of committing crimes, um, and including the possibility of just self-protection, that either way is frisking people really the answer? If people want to commit a crime, they're going to probably find a way to do it. Well, the point is like police are trying to be proactive and talk to somebody before they commit the crime. Rather than reactive, the crime has been committed, they're running away, and then they're trying to catch them. So they're being proactive, they're going up to somebody, and at the same time they want to make sure that that person, their, their interaction is safe, so they're going to frisk them before they even talk to them. But now but it's being used as a way to search for marijuana or whatever else. But if I'm carrying a weapon and I get stopped, do you think I'm going to let them search me or am I just going to take off? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. I would take off. I if I had a weapon, I knew I shouldn't have it. I was on probation or something. I was going to go back. I was facing jail time. So it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't make that much sense. I mean, it, it doesn't do much good to go up and ask somebody if they have a weapon. And, you know, and then, I mean, do they have concealed carry or no? Anyway. No, no, no. There's... There's like no weapons there. You get in huge trouble. Yeah, so, I mean, whoever's walking around with one is likely to avoid the cops. He might. They might have been um, concealed. I'm not sure. But I know that if you have a weapon at all like, and it's not legal, you're, you're going to jail. You're serving big time. Yeah. I, I, just, I just don't get it. I mean, if somebody's carrying a weapon, um, they're going to do whatever it takes to... You know, they're going to be smart enough to start wearing a business suit. So they're not going to be profiled. Think about it. If I was, <laughs> I have to say, if I was going to be a ter if I was a terrorist and I wanted to take down a plane, you think I'd go start looking like one and dressing like one? I'm just saying, like, yeah. um, you know, it, it, nowadays, uh, you know, the way the, the way the system is deciding to profile people and, and guess and to see if they are, you know, if we need to stop them and frisk them. Um, I sure wouldn't, wouldn't want to make myself look like a target. Um, I just think that would be insane. People will get smarter. Criminals, real criminals, are smart. And if they can buy things off the black market, if they can go and buy drugs for decades and never get caught, um, if they are smart enough, if they want to carry a weapon, they're going to be smart enough to avoid the cops. They've been doing it, human beings have been doing it for centuries, and um, there's just no way that this war, this battle between those who are trying to protect citizens and practice uh, control of society are ever going to win a war against those who believe in uh, independence, uh, believe in surviving on the streets, believe in getting what they want at the handle of a gun or the point of a gun. So uh, this is a much larger battle that we're, we are always trying to fight and I just think it's it's dumb, you know. A lot of, you know, this whole, like, the the drug war, you know, mothers against drunk driving, and Nancy Reagan's attitude towards drugs, just say no. None of that has ever worked. What has worked is giving people better goals and ambitions towards a better life. What has worked is providing, uh, you know, something better to live for, basically than um, living in the moment and being high. You don't think that drugs should be banned at all? Uh, no, I, I don't, I'm not going to present that argument. I don't <laughs> agree with that. Because I've switched my, my position on that a couple times. Yeah, I, for me, 
I'm not saying drugs should be banned or should be whatever. I'm just saying that there's a larger problem going on here that humans have been trying to fight for centuries over morality and who wins and who doesn't and who gets to set oh. a standard for what's right and wrong. Morality is you know, the, the so forefront of secularism right now. Right. And, and so what and I'm saying is it's a losing battle. Why um, is it a losing battle? Because it hasn't worked. People will always, even in prohibition, when we all mob alcohol, people found ways to get it, and a lot of more people die from it. Like, banning stuff, risking people. Look at the morality of, like, the way everything is now. Like, 80% of people in America relate as uh, they believe in a God. And then look at all the, you know, out-of-marriage uh Babies that are born. Look at it. Look at all everything that's going on. How is that uh, good morality? You know, how does that support that that is a good morality? I don't understand well, it. Well, human, humans humans uh, certainly decide that reducing ourselves is moral for one thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what was the other thing you said? Um. Like, how can they claim, how can religious people claim that they have uh, good morality when so many people can, in society, can claim that they uh, believe in a God and they're a Christian and all this stuff, and and yet we still have all these uh, social problems. And you have, like, what, 1% that, like, claims to be atheist. The rest are probably, who knows what they are. Maybe they're atheists and they're just afraid to talk about it. See, I think you're always going to have problems, but it's really easy for a group of people to blame another group of people uh, for all the problems in society. Um, and and so, it, you know, we're, out, we're really good at pointing the, at pointing the finger at somebody else. Um, but what was the other thing I was going to say? Um, I don't remember that. What, was it? what, did, you, what did you say? Twib can't uh, rewind and, and see what you were saying. You said something about um, they blame people who have a certain set of values blame other people that well, don't right now, yeah, right now, Yeah, right now it's the blame game of, of, yes. of what happens if there's secularism because there's no human connection. You know, uh, that's BS. There's plenty of... Sus- Societies that have proven, first of all, that um, secular, you know, having a secular society, you can still have a value system, a, ba- a basis of morality. No, okay. but I, secondly, <coughs> sorry. Go ahead, keep going. Secondly, it goes back to the original argument at the beginning of this, of this recording, that there's plenty of supposedly uh, moral societies that have a lot of internal problems, and. And it's like, it's the same thing with politics. Liberals tend, you know, they're very, and conservatives, they're really good at looking at each other saying, you know, uh, the problems are all because of you. Mm-hmm. And, um, say, you know, Jews are, or Muslims are really good at looking at Christians and saying the problems are, are all because of you and, and vice versa. And so... Um, the problem is always somebody else's. Right. It's never and yours. It's never right. mine. We're really bad at taking responsibility. And the other thing that I want to throw in, I did say earlier, is that it's all very subjective. And who gets to set the standard? So Christians can say, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket because not everybody believes like we do. And except I say, who are you, as they said of Christians, who are you to decide what the right moral values are and what the wrong moral values well, are? Well, because their way is the right way. Duh. We're very good at that. <laughs> my, way, my way is the right way. Hello. Mm. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, but they can tell me that um, I don't have a right to say that. Um, how come I can't tell them they don't have a right to say it? I mean, Did you hear about the guy in Indonesia who is like 30 years old and he's like sentenced to like so many years in prison for uh, inciting 
religious hatred or something like that. Because he said that he doesn't believe in in Allah, mm-hmm. and uh, he drew some cartoons about Allah, mm-hmm. and people are calling for him to be killed. I mean, a lot of it is, is, you know, this sense of threat. We feel like we're being threatened. Our moral values are being threatened because there's people that don't agree with us. And so it's a sense of preservation of the ego, in my opinion. You know, I, 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 for some reason, we fight this, this feeling like, oh, I can't change. I can't, I always... I have to, whatever I believe, that it has to be validated. And, and I have to be strong because if it changes, I'm not a complete person anymore. Um, I'm not going to heaven or whatever illusion people want to believe in. They feel like they'll lose a part of themselves. And so they, first of all, have to protect themselves. And then secondly, they want to find others that agree with them. And then thirdly, they want to condemn others that disagree with them. So I really think it's about preservation of the personal ego. Hmm. Excuse me, one second. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, um, you know, and, and I actually, to sort of connect with this, I watched this interview on Bill Moyers, this uh, social psychologist, analyzed uh, moral values of liberals or Democrats, if you will, and moral values of Republicans, conservatives. And what he discovered is that, you know, the whole idea is how come both sides think of the other as the enemy, as evil. And they are, duh. Jeez. <laughs> yes. Uh, the problem is which one is evil. Um, so the point is, is that what he discovered is that we don't try to understand each other. And it's very easy to, for them to condemn each other. And, what, you know, there's a number of points that he found, including that, you know, he said Republicans tend to have a lot of the same values that most of us have, and they're better at lining up uh, laws around them. So, for instance, we all have a sense that of uh, patriotism on some level. We all have a sense of uh, libertarianism, you know, protection of the self. We want to be able to do what we want to do. He said that liberals are missing some of that. If I find the video, I'll send it to you. Bill Moyers and type in social psychologists and politics and evil or something. But anyway, <laughs> his point is, is that if we try to understand each other, we won't feel like our points, our values are being threatened. Empathy and, is amazing. Yes. And, uh, you know, and if we, were, if we try to understand what the basis of our existence is and the fact that we all are just trying to be happy and get through this life, essentially, which is arguable. Not get through. We want to enjoy it and have but, fun. Make the yeah, most I mean, of it. But yeah, his point is, is that we need to, you know, this whole idea that the other side is evil. It's pointless and it doesn't work anyway. But that makes life exciting. <laughs> if if we yeah, were on the same team, what fun would that be? I get that, except somebody's rights are always being trampled on, so... Hey, as long as it's not mine, I'm, as long as I'm winning all the time, mm-hmm. isn't um, that what, what really matters? Yeah, except that what if you happen to be in the minority? Then we have a problem, and I'm going to be demanding equal rights. <laughs> <laughs> but if I were the majority, mm-hmm. heck yeah, full speed ahead, baby. How long has this been going on? Forever, as long as I yeah. know. <laughs> so there's this guy, he's, um, I don't know his name, I'll have to go to the article, but he's trying to bring secular people, like humanists and uh, believers together. Okay. 
So some would say that faith and doubt can mix, but some leaders out there are fearlessly taking on the issue. So here we have a group of believers and humanists coming together for civil discourse. So they talk about their views and they're not judging or anything, but then the second round they start to talk about and critique and things like that. But the goal um, that they have is to solve the world's problems. Hmm. Um, I like that. Yeah, that's that's one approach some people are taking to the... Wow. I mean, I, I, I can imagine that faith and doubt can coexist just fine because uh, I do it all the time on a daily basis. I have faith that my day will be happy or whatever. Um, but then I doubt that uh, my best friend will return my money. You know, I mean, I know that somebody could probably present a counter argument to that statement, but I just think that they are human characteristics and they do exist and they um, and we can use them to do exactly what you're talking about, which is to try to understand each other a little bit better. Did you, hear about, did you hear about that that Jesus <coughs> sighting in the shower mold? <laughs> I saw that on Facebook. What did you think when you when you saw that? Oh, it was just another. My my opinion is you know, people. It's it's why I love psychology or sociology. Is insight to is people attach meaning to things whatever they want. It's, the world around us is extremely, is extremely subjective. Uh, I think it's funny. But people, it's sad because to me it's um, people holding on to something. I mean, part of me is like, well, they're holding on to something that's just not true. You know, but that's my opinion. You don't know. Yeah, I don't, maybe you know, that's I true. I have no right to take value away from others. I wouldn't want somebody to take yeah. value away from me. Um, which is why I leave it alone. I mean, part of me is like, ha, 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 okay. I, I but think I still respect the human beings yeah. that have these voices. I think you can see anything you want to see in anything. Yeah. Um, first thing I thought when I saw it, I was like, wash your shower. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the moment you start seeing dogs and cats and Bigfoot, you should probably wash your shower. <laughs> well, it's the same thing. Like um, Recently, the thoughts were coming to my mind. I took a psych of religion class. And okay. I asked the teacher, I'm like, okay, so people, when people walking around the streets saying that they're, essentially that they're like Jesus, that they're a prophet, and they're speaking like a prophet, we think that they're insane. We put them oh, in like they institutions. Are. Oh, they it's are. But if they have a tattoo in their forehead that says God, they're definitely if, insane. Okay, but if you go back to Jesus' time, I mean, if Jesus were here and now, people would think he was insane mm. for everything he said and did. Yeah, but then you'd go to hell for saying that. Okay, so what's, hey, what's to say works. that... Just how it this, works. I mean, Jesus looked insane to us. He would have looked insane to us. So how do you, how do you know That's the because you have the devil in you. That's why. How do you know the prophet on the street corner isn't another Jesus? That's a good question. Maybe he's here. I think maybe... How do you know that Obama isn't Jesus? Yeah. I mean, well, he was labeled Antichrist. So I think the, the opposite could possibly and the Republicans, be true. And the Republicans are just trying to... Uh, maybe the Republicans are evil. Maybe they're the devil. Maybe Democrats are evil. We should start our own religion. Because they won't accept it. Let's start a religion trying to say this. <laughs> say that uh, Obama's God. You think it'll catch on? Uh, probably no more than uh, the spaghetti one. <laughs> oh, look at Scientology. Okay. Scientology's well, caught on. I think this has come down to an end. Yes. And uh, till next time. Well, it was fun. Yeah, try to. Uh, until next time, we find uh, we find a way to catch up on things that make us mad and 
make us interested, we'll yeah. we'll talk about them. We'll talk about them then, probably in a couple of days or a week or so. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. Bye. Bye.